Okay, so we are in our intro series for the Mimer Basalagami. I want to share a very deep concept, but a little bit of a of a of a overview. God gives us a treasure. Not only does He give us a treasure, but the words are that Hashem is mevazvez. That means Hashem splurges. He gives it all to us because the war that we have to win is a war that God needs to win. And when there is a king involved in a war where there must be victory, then there's bizbuz ha'isrits, which means that Hashem, the, the, the king, gives all of his treasures away. And the question that the mimer has to explain I understand that by a human king, recording in progress, you have things that the king keeps concealed from the people, and there are many reasons for that. And then at times the king has to tap into it, and he has to he has to share it with the people. And the, whatever the king chooses to ordinarily not share with the people, the crown jewels, the king or the government will call our treasure. There's a treasure. How do you understand treasure when it comes to Hashem? Before defining what is the treasure, what would a treasure mean? What exactly does Hashem have that He considers a treasure? Isn't for Hashem, it's everything in the world is an extension of Recording himself. Recording in progress. So what exactly would be the treasure? For Hashem? For Hashem. Us. His children. Well, we're not locked away in a room only to be shared during the war. We are in this context, his foot soldiers, who, who are given right before the coming of Mashiach, something that otherwise never would have been given. And the question that Hasidus is trying to address is that what, what in the entire creation will be called a treasure? Secrets in the Torah? For God, it's never a secret. Mm -hmm. So I get it that by us, there are things that are concealed and things that are revealed. But from God's perspective... Why will something be called a concealed treasure? This is not working. Or are we only using the word treasure as to something that from us it's normally concealed and for us it's revealed? Which is normally how we understand that Hashem is hidden, Hashem is revealed, and Hasidah celebrates the fact that all of that is really only from our perspective. Because from Hashem's perspective, Hashem is never concealed. There's a lot more to be said about it, but let's just leave it at, at that. One of the main arguments between Hasidim and the people that were not yet Hasidim, going all the way back to the times of the Baal Shem Tev and the times of the Al Rebbe, was this question, whether Tzimtzum is to be taken literally or not. Which means that we know that Hashem conceals Himself. But is that concealment something that He experiences, or is the concealment only something that He does for us to experience? And Hasidim opines with the latter, from Hashem's perspective, he's never hidden at all. An example would be given, 
Can you hide yourself by using yourself to hide yourself? Can you hide yourself by covering yourself with your hands? You're not hiding yourself. It's you that's hiding you. So it's vital to you. You can't hide yourself from you. That's a very lengthy topic, but if we're going to accept the concept that concealment and revelation is only a phenomena that we experience, from Hashem's perspective, He is. Enoid, enoid movadoi. So what exactly will be a treasure from God's perspective? But He created us, so we must be special for Him. I'm not saying we're not special. I'm speaking about treasure, the concept of a treasure. The, the concept of a treasure alludes to something that is generally away from the people. Something that's kept in a treasure room, not to be shared, only on these extraordinary moments of history when they must be shared. They're not hidden from God. They're not hidden from God. No, but then they're up there with him in, in you know, in, in his box. Well, I get that. Okay, I get that. So, so uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a very deep concept. Hasidus concludes that treasure must be referring to a level of godliness that is unrevealable. There is something that is, in its essence, unrevealable. The only problem is, if it's unrevealable, then why does it mean that God shares it with us? If it's by essence unrevealable. Let me explain what I mean. Let me explain the meaning of, these are the words. There's etzem, the thing itself, and then there is gilui, the way this thing interacts with others, is revealed to others. We all have that. We have our essence, and we have the part of us that is revealable. What do I mean by that there is something even within us that is unrevealable? Revelation connotes that there is me and you, that there are others. And then we attempt to connect to the other by revealing to the best of our ability, all of us, to the other. There is a part within a person which is reflecting ultimately the essence of God that from that perspective there is nothing else. What would happen if you would live in a reality where it's only you and nothing else? Not, not another person, nothing else. Then there would be no need, nor even the potential, nor the possibility for you to reveal yourself for another. There's nothing. There's nothing for whom to you, you, re- for whom to you reveal yourself. There is a truth in God's essence where there is only God. And if there's only God, then... It's lo shayach, Hashem revealing himself. For whom? For what? There is a level in godliness where there is nothing other than God. Nothing. We call that essence. Essence cannot be revealed. There isn't for whom for it to be revealed. The thing itself, as it relates to itself, not as it relates to anything else. This is a very deep concept. Let's just leave it with that. So there's something called esem, etzem, or atzmos, or essence, which is unrevealable. And then there is the part of the person that is opened for it to be revealed for another. What comes after God's etzem? What comes after God's essence? What will be the next step? 
So the next step is called in Kabbalah God's infinite light. There is the essence, God. And then there is the Ein Soif. There is some sort of revelation from God. And the words that we use is that Hashem shines. There is an automatic light that comes from, that emanates from God. And being that God, amongst many other things, has no limit, so the light also has no limit. We call that the Oid Ein Soif. People who learn Kabbalah will always be speaking about the Ein Soif. And important to note that Ein Soif does not mean God himself, which is completely beyond us, which is unrevealable, which has no name. So the first step that we are able to get close to is God's infinite light, the Ein Soif. Is it the same as the Or Rishon? The Or Rishon, another word that we have in Kabbalah. Oy Rishon is not God. It's the light that emanates from God. So what happens between him being alone and him shining between the receiver? A tzimtzum. So, okay. okay this is, this, we're learning a little bit of Kabbalah now. Because of the desire. Because of desire. What motivated the tzimtzum is desire. Correct. But how is their desire in etzim? All these, these are the big questions. But let's go. So there's the essence of God and then there is the light that shines off God. Now let me tell you something paradoxical about light. Light, oil, is only revealing its source. Light is really a non-tangible thing, even in the light that we know of. The light of the sun is not something. It's not a thing. In outer space, you, won't, you don't even see the light. Light is that which reveals its source without any ego. Being that the essence of God is unrevealable, so the first level of the light that we call the infinite light is something that can never be revealed to us. Because if it's reflecting its source and its source is completely beyond us, so that infinite light is always completely beyond us. Which theoretically will mean that we can never know the Oyrin Saif. can never know. If God is that which is beyond anything, beyond everything, God is what we call a non-existence existence. God cannot be revealed because from God's perspective, there is only God. There is nothing to whom or for whom for Hashem to reveal Himself. Hashem is the, the real essence. Etzem. So even the light that comes from God which doesn't have its own existence, it's just shining or revealing its source, it's shouting, look at my source. If the source is unrevealable, then the ultimate infinite light can never be revealable. This is a very big Kabbalah theme that's spoken a lot in Hasidus. Now I want to link this to that which we spoke, I think it was two weeks ago. What did we speak two weeks ago? That when it says in Tikkun Zoyer, that Oyer Ein Soif, the infinite light of God, Lamaila Adin Ketz, Ulamata Adin Tachlas, is high and even higher with no end, and low and goes lower also with no limitation. So, what we spoke out two weeks ago that what does it mean that Hashem's infinite light goes down with no Tachlas? There's no end. That means that no matter how lowly of a reality will exist, where we are in, where from God's perspective, where anything is in, even there, 
the magic of God's infinite light is, it's infinite. Infinite means it has no limit. So it will always somehow manifest. So even in Egypt, which was at that time the lowliest part of this world, it was corrupt, it was immoral. Even in Sudaim, doesn't matter where you go, there's never a place that's so dark that Hashem cannot shine there. Hashem could and Hashem does shine everywhere. Which is why miracles will also happen in the unholiest of places. If we're going to use your example of a miracle being Hashem coming out, Hashem showing Himself, we can't see God, God, but we can see what He does. We can see that Hashem is beyond nature. So at times things that are not natural, they occur in the world that we know. There is, we can, no, one can never argue, in such a world a miracle cannot happen. It's too lowly. Lowly could be. But ain't soif ad ain't tachlis, that God's infinite light is infinite, that it goes down with no end, means no matter where, somehow God emerges. What does ain't soif ad ain't ketz mean? That God's infinite goes up. It means the opposite of what I just said, a paradox. That no matter how much you think you see God, no matter how much you think you know God, that's not God. God is greater than that. God always remains elusive. The Ein Soif is not something that you can actually know. The paradox of what we call Hashem's light or Hashem's infinite light is, is that this light, it's one light. This one light has two opposite character traits. One is, is that everyone can know it, but you will never really know it. And not you or me in this world. Even great people, even when we are going to be in Gan Eden, no matter how up you are, the highest worlds can never fully get the Ein Soif. Why can it never get the fully Ein Soif? Because since that light is shining God, God is unknowable, so one can never really know the Ein Soif. By the way, parenthetically, being that the neshama is a piece of Hashem, it's also correct to say that one can never fully know the other, or even better, more important, you can never fully know yourself. Because there's something within us that refuses to define itself. You can only know something by a definition. Uh, you're like this, or you're like that, or you have to be in a box to grasp it. You have to have edges. You grab things physically by its edges. Something that has no form, has no limit. So therefore you can never fully grasp it. And that's, by the way, one of the gifts that God gave us that makes life a lot more interesting. Because, yeah, you can never fully figure it out, which is great. Or you can never fully have self-knowledge. You cannot, which is a good thing, which means you can never really limit yourself. I already know this is the way I am. A certain part of me is that way. But if I would go deeper, or if I would figure out how to reveal something even deeper, the closer I get to my essence, which is a piece of God, which has no definition, which is unrevealable, which means unlimited, it's never fully known. It, it, not because we're not smart enough to know it. Because it's by default something unknowable. Is that like the unconscious mind? There's something very deep that is unknowable. Not because we're not smart enough. That's very important. And therefore, that's the whole concept of a treasure. We're not saying that there is a treasure because it's sometimes concealed from us. There, there, is a, there is a truthful, a emesdika concept of a treasure. A treasure means that which is not revealed. What is the real treasure? 
Hashem's infinite light that goes up without an end. The meaning of that means is no matter how much you think you know God, you don't fully know God. You can never fully grasp God. And that again, that doesn't only mean because we are here in a body. But even when we'll be more enlightened, and even when a neshama is in atzilus, and even the greatest tzaddikim, and even the greatest malachim, they will never fully know God. Because ein soif lamayla aden ketz. No matter how, how high you go, you don't get it. You cannot get it. It's ungettable. That's the treasure. That's the treasure. And before Mashiach comes, God will give us the treasure. Now we have to figure out what does that mean? Understand the problem now? If we're saying that there's a concept of a real treasure from God's perspective, a treasure is Hashem's light that is by default hidden because it's unknowable fully. There's, the other side is, is that we know God. We know God. It's a shekel to say that we don't know God at all. We know everyone on their level. Many times we say, I, I, I see the hand of God. So there is a part of this light that even the lowest of the low always have access to. It's, it's, like, it's an amazing thing. Look at every culture in the world and they have a name for God. If I were to ask you what's the most difficult thing in this world to comprehend, the answer is God. And every, every simpleton, God. Now, what does God mean? Okay, we can speak about this for a thousand years and we'll never fully get it. But everyone knows God. The proof is that there's a name. Now, if God would be a tangible, if God would be visible, of course there's a name for everything. But how ironic is it that there is a name for God in every language? That's because the Oyrein Soif goes down with no tachlis. No matter where you are, people know deep down there is God. Now, what do you know? What is God? You can be the wisest, the smartest, the holiest, the most ruchniest. You will never grasp this is a very important chap, the paradox of the infinite light. I'm speaking about the ungraspable. The ungraspable part of God is called the treasure. That's the treasure. And now the question again is, so what, what, what does it mean that we, now before Mashiach, were gifted with the treasure? What were we gifted with? I'll give you the words, these are, these, are big, these are big ideas. In a short amount of time, these are very big ideas. I'm gonna give you a muscle of the sun. Can you look at the sun? Now without damaging your eyes. The truth is, Simon, that what you cannot look at are the sun rays. Since when you look at the sun, you are looking also at the sun rays, the sun rays is that which will burn the retina. If there were to be a way to look at the essence, to look at the sun, without looking at the light that's coming from the sun, then you can look at the sun. That's what people do when there's an eclipse. So the good old days, they would take a glass and they would burn something and get it, you know, get that black suit, whatever that word is, on both sides of the glass. And that would, mamish, black out the sun rays. And then when you look, you would see the sun. There's a cloud, there's a rule that God made in creation. That we get distracted very easily. Ironically, the more of the light that you will see, 
the more dazzled you will be with light, the less you will see the essence. That's a big secret in life. I'll repeat that. That when you see the light, which is great, I want to see the light, the light will not allow you to see the essence because you'll be dazzled with, you'll be blinded by, you'll be focused on the light. You can only see the essence when there is, when there is nothing other than the essence. The ultimate less is more. Because the light is the light. The light is covering over the essence. Now the light is the most beautiful cover. It's the light. So the Rebbe explains part of this concept of before Mashiach will come, God will give us a treasure. God will allow us to understand the words that I'm saying. No one even had these words before. Even these words as a gift. But if we take this to heart, it really changes our perspective of life. It's very empowering. In other words, darkness, the essence can never be darkened. The essence of God is everywhere. There was never tzimtzum to the essence of God at all. Now, so why don't I see God? Because God is not a thing that you can see with your eyes. But the essence of God is here, as it was before creation. There was never a concealment over the essence. Concealment only begins over the light. And we only know the world of light and dark. We are only focused on the world of light and dark. And in the world of light and dark, the more light, the better, and the less light, the darker. And then all of a sudden, when there's no light, it's it's horrible, it's dark. We have to know that light and dark never touches the essence of Hashem. And not only that, the more, the higher the world, the more the light of God is revealed, the more impossible it is for people to touch the essence, to even know that there is an essence. It's when you understand, when you accept that God's light is elusive. I cannot get the light. I don't see the light. When you don't see the light, that allows you to access that which is even greater than the light and which you would never be able to access had you had the light. In the world of light and dark, you are in darkness, and darkness is painful, and darkness is not good. Uh-huh. But there is, there is something that darkness can never darken. There is something that's beyond light and dark, and that's okay. essence. Uh-huh. So, so where was God in the Holocaust? Right with, right, right with us. It was dark. His light was not shining. It was a dark. But His essence is there, and there is a possibility of somehow hopping the essence only in the dark. So the more we realize that the infinite light is a treasure, which means the more we realize that we don't really know God, that no matter how much we think we are understanding or experiencing, it's greater than that. Hashem is elusive. Only when something becomes elusive do you then have, a, do you then have the potential openness of connecting to essence. When you accept that you can never really grasp the light. It happens, God forbid, if the light retracts. It even happens when there is light. And we have light. I mentioned last week, I think we're living in a very enlightened world. But when we acknowledge that the light that we know, God is much greater. It's like, 
you ever see the horizon? It's beautiful. Can you catch the horizon? Why not? Go towards the horizon. Because no matter how far you'll go, the horizon will equally keep on traveling. And that's a physical phenomenon, but why did, why did God make the world spherical in such a way where you can never grasp the horizon? Because we need to better appreciate that there are certain things. It's not that we cannot grasp because I'm not smart enough. There are certain things that are not graspable. And the more we appreciate that Hashem's light is beyond us, we can never fully get God's light. Somehow that brings us closer to God's essence. And the mashal Hasidus gives is the mashal of the sun. People think they can't look at the sun. And the truth is they can, you can look at the sun. You can't look at the sun rays. The light is what is going to hurt the Gashmi. And somehow when I take away the rays, not because the sun is on the other side of the world. No, I can stare at the sun. I will actually see the sun. As long as I take away the sunlight. So in darkness, in darkness, we can, we, can, we can connect to the essence of God. So what's the ultimate goal for light? Is it to live? To reveal, to you to have an experience. So God is good. You want to experience God's goodness. The experience of God's goodness, we will call light. And when we experience Hashem's holding back of His kindness, we can call that dark. But that, one second. But the more we, the more we realize that it's Hashem who's holding back His light. Words, Hashem is equally present then, 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 then the darkness, then we won't experience darkness the way we experience now. And that, this idea is what the Alter Rebbe says is called the treasure or the secret that Hashem is giving to the Jewish people right before the coming of Mashiach. Not that before the coming of Mashiach, things will be amazing. No, we know it's not true. There'll be, there'll be light. And again, there's a lot of light, but there's a lot of darkness. Okay, there's a certain way that we need to learn how to interpret darkness vis-a-vis is God here versus did God leave, which is why it's dark. And that will make all the difference in giving us the power to do what we need to do, which will bring Mashiach. We don't even call it the light in the darkness, but we call that which can emerge only in the darkness. And it's not only true of this world, because no matter how high up you go, like we mentioned, that even the greatest malachim in, in, in Atzilus, and, the, and they have an experience with the Ein Soif, but they know that there's something about the Ein Soif that is beyond them. No, it's, it's only in the lack of, I can't get it. If I, but the it that I cannot get is the light. Doesn't bother me when I cannot get the light. I love light. I would like to get the light, but it's not essential to me because the essence of God is equally everywhere. There was never a symptom to the essence. A mother who holds the child and giving him the vaccine, the child never feels that the parent is not there. The parent is the one that's holding the child back, Nabach, and he's getting the shot. So when parents think, oh my God, I just psychologically destroyed my kid because I became his monster, right? You held the child down and they gave a shot against, I don't know, tuberculosis. No, the parent will never look at you as a monster. The parent will look at a parent as a monster if the parent abandoned them. 
that will cause damage in a child. If, if they know that you're here, now, they don't, they don't understand what you're doing. The attacker don't understand. They don't, but, but the, your presence is just as much there when you're holding them down, your essence. You're here. Now, how are you interacting with them? Are you nice to them or what they think you're cruel to them? That's light. And we, throughout Golos, confuse the essence and light. And even after hearing these ideas, you have to hear it again. And again, there's like, this is a, this is, this is a, a trillion dollar concept, I'm telling you. There's nothing like Hasidus. It's Pashat, but, but, but this is godly. We have to begin to realize that even in darkness, the essence of God is equally there. And not only that, that when there's light and you think you got it, you're, you're wrong. The light is giving you the illusion that you're getting God, you're not getting God. You're getting the light of God. God is something completely greater. Yes, Khan. So, so I know that I'm using dark in the context of something bad happening, but I want to also, also use dark in the context that the greatest neshama, the greatest soul in Atzilus, that, that is grasping Hashem, that is experiencing God, knows deep down that it didn't fully get it. That's its darkness. It means when you are with someone and you're really with them, but you feel that there's some part of them that you're not getting, that is what we're calling dark. And in that context, Everyone has a dark experience with God. Because no matter how, how high you go up the ladder, Ein Soif is greater than you, which means it's elusive. And that can either cause us to feel pain. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. It's beyond me. I'm not hopping. So if the, old, if the end goal is understanding, for example, then it's like a dark. Like if, if there's a concept and I'm not grasping it, that's a darkness. But you know what? If you didn't grasp it, you don't have it. You don't have it. God is not seichel. God is beyond anything, everything. So the more we acknowledge that we're not grasping it, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that we should look forward towards darkness. We should do the best we could to be in the light. But the, there's such an upside in darkness that dafke, when it's dark, they get closer to essence. There's a rule. Essence is connected to darkness. And the dazzling light gives us the illusion that we have it when we, all we have is just the light. And there's something greater than light. Which is not light, which is not dark, which is not is, which is not not is. It's an existence that's not a God. We call that God. And God is everywhere. Always. Mamish here the way God is over there. These are, these are experiences that have to begin with understanding these ideas. The more we learn about these ideas, then the more it's shayach for us. Dafke, when we know that this is not God's light. God's light, it's not. Think about all the tzadahs. When there's a tzadah, what does a Jew say by Aramuna without all these uh, deep biyurim? I don't understand God, but it's God. That's exactly what we're saying. We never, we, we never give the wrong answer of, if it's not good, that means God is not here. No. If it's not good, it means that God's light is not shining. But it's God who's here. And the experience of being always with God, ultimately that will be the feeling we'll have in the base of Mikdash. The yearning that we all have, we want to be connected. Ultimately, it's to be connected to God. 
You think you want to be connected to your parents or to your family, oichet, but the deep, we need to be connected to God. And who's not allowing you? Our own misunderstanding of the reality that we live in. And our misunderstanding is, is that I can only be connected to God, you know, when everything is great. When everything is great, we're connected to God's ain't soif. And even then, you don't fully get it. You, no one ever gets it. You cannot, you, you won't even be open to the existence of essence when it's light. You won't even acknowledge that there's such a thing called essence. In the dark, there's essence. Because if you believe in God in the dark, what are you saying? That God is not light. God is beyond it. Because light, it's not. People will make good into God or God into good. So then when it's bad, then there's no God. People will say, even though it's bad, but it's God, now you're getting close. Now you're getting somewhere. All of these ideas will lead a person to feel, to experience how Hashem is mamish always with us. And yeah, that means that even in the comings of Mashiach, it won't be boring good the whole time. Like in LA, every day it's perfect. No, there'll be, there'll, be, there'll be a cycle of life. There'll be years of more plenty, years of less plenty. That's the meaning that the nature won't change. But there is so much power, so much power to our perspective that we don't even begin to imagine. Our understanding of what is happening is going to be so much more amistic that it's going to be a different world. We'll be back in Gan Eden. And the world will be exactly the same. How paradox. This is not a downer. This is an upper. Everything will be perfect. When Mashiach will come, we're going to experience how everything is perfect. How can that be? I don't know. How can something really bad be then experienced in retrospect? I don't know. We're not there yet. But it has to do with this theme. That we are only living in the world of light and dark. And we have to figure out how to go beyond that. And that brings us closer to God. And it begins by us acknowledging that we can never get God's light. Which is not much what happens. We all go through this journey. And ultimately we say, God, I don't, I don't understand you. Now some people, sadly, I don't understand you and therefore you don't exist. But it, it, it is dafka when we come to our limit. I'm not getting it. I know that you are, but you're beyond my grasp. God did not go further away from you because now you finally said it. God is beyond you. The moment I said the light is, the light is beyond me, now I got closer to the essence. The less light, the easier to connect to essence. The treasure is that God's light is never graspable. And at some point in history, which is now, we are being told that you'll never get God's light. And, and that is precisely why we are able to feel God's essence. We're not dazzled by, we're not confused by, we're not limiting God to light. My God is bigger than your God because there was more plenty in my land. See? No. Same God. He's big everywhere. God's light was shining here and not shining there. Say that. But God is everywhere. This in Hasidus is an idea that's called a treasure. It's, a, it's one of the meanings of Hashem Echad, but it's a secret that, that, it, that in treasures, that it, that it gives us so much power that we have the power now to deal, to work in darkness.
which is Aravoida, is to work in darkness. You can even say in this context, not to bring light into darkness, not to light a candle in the dark, to bring the essence in the dark, to reveal that the essence is in the dark. Okay, this was a mystical thought. Sorry for the delay. And, uh,